Hi everyone, this is Mark Thurman and we're recording a podcast for AWS IoT in support of our AWS Innovators event. I've got a very special guest who I'm going to introduce in a minute, or he's going to introduce himself more accurately. And we're going to spend the next half hour or so talking about IoT and industrial use cases and some of the things that his company uh, is doing. So, Mac, kindly introduce yourself. Who are you? What do you do? And what company do you work for? Hey, Mark, and hello, everyone. Uh, thank you for, uh, for the opportunity. Uh, on behalf of Schneider, I thank everyone. So, uh, Mac Joshi, I work um, in Schneider's uh, digital transformation uh, organization as part of Schneider Digital. Schneider, as, as folks may know, uh, is the leader in uh, energy management and process automation. And we at Schneider have been leading the digital transformation journey of energy management and automation across the various segments in homes, uh, buildings, uh, data centers, uh, I don't know, power infrastructure, uh, and industries. Uh, you know, we have a global presence over, uh, in over 100 countries. Uh, wow. So we're a global player, and you know the indispu- indisputable lead leader, if you will, uh, in power management, whether it's medium voltage, low voltage, and secure power. Uh, also, uh, a very strong position in automation systems. Um, so across our, our portfolio, we provide uh, you know integrated efficiency solutions combining energy, automation, and software. Right. So uh, when you look at Schneider's portfolio and the various segments we are serving, uh, and look at our customers and the digital transformation that is facing us, we've built an organization within Schneider that is organically building up a sort of platform set of technologies that are supporting eco-structure. Uh, our solution for our customers. And uh, so my current role is to lead uh, product strategy for the infrastructure technology platforms. And I'm based in Andover, Massachusetts. Cool. Now, Schneider is a, a global company, right? It's a German? Oh, actually, no. <laughs> uh, I get that question quite a bit. Uh, so Schneider is a French company. Uh, our global headquarters is in Paris, France. Uh, oh, that's so bad. And obviously spread <laughs> spread across uh, globally across hundred plus countries. Oh, interesting. And it's not a new company either. No, no. We've been around uh, well over 180 years, I believe. I should get that number, check that number. But um, we've been along, uh, around quite a, quite a bit. Uh, in fact, uh, the Internet of Things that a lot of us refer to uh, today, we've been doing that for decades. Um, back in the uh, process automation stage uh, where we first introduced uh, Ethernet connectivity um, to our devices, uh, you know, where albeit it was not wireless, you know, physical connectivity through Ethernet was one of the things we introduced early on. So we've been doing IoT for decades. Yeah, so you, you probably called it SCADA back then. Back then. So SCADA is part of uh, one of the uh, uh, adaptations of it, but yes, certainly industrial IoT in its technical sense is about connecting uh, various industrial assets, if you will, to get visibility and, uh, and to provide control. So one thing I've, uh, and thank you for that. So one thing I've observed, there's a number of industrial uh, manufacturers, the names are well known, um, you know, European and, and American and, and so on, and Asian-based. Um, many of the players have, have started to Talk about uh, the digital journey, uh, digital twin, uh, you know, all, all the various phrases that, you're, that you would uh, imagine 
um, and, there, and many of them are, are building platforms. I think it's, it's fair to say Schneider's got a platform. Can, can you tell us a little bit more about, about the platform, just at a very high level, and why is your thing like, unlike all of the others, or is it specific just to your devices, or can you extend it to other partners in your ecosystem? Yeah, yeah, you use several keywords here, like partners, ecosystems, uh, you know, proprietary or non-proprietary, as in open systems, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, so it's a broad question. Let me let me start first. Let me start first with talking about some mega trends that have led to us even wanting to talk about digital transformation and a digital platform, right? If you think about it, right, just back up for a second, and you think about like three mega trends that are bearing upon us, right? The first one, if you think about it, is urbanization, right? So we have a large, you know, sort of movement, if you will, of people into cities. So by 2050, the projection is that 2.5 billion more people will actually be living in cities. Right? So guess what? That's putting a, str- a big pressure, if you will, on the electrical grid in cities. Right? So that's one megatrend that's, that we've got to be mindful of. Right? Um, at the same time, if you think about the amount of global economic output that's tied to industrialization, it's skyrocketing. Right? Um, I saw statistics that about 24% of the new global economic output in the last six years, 20, or rather from 2010 to 2016, came from sort of global um, emerging markets, if you will, like India, China, Brazil, etc. Right. Now, these are places where huge industrialization opportunity exists and will continue to grow significantly um, double digit over the next several years. And that's growing the industrial, uh, I'm sorry, the energy demand even more, right? So and it's a shift to urbanization least. in emerging yeah. countries. That's one. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, shift to urbanization, uh, industrialization leading um, growth uh, across across the economies. And last but not least, digitization. If you think about it, all the devices you and I use today are, or are using today to even record mm-hmm. our conversation have, uh, have been sort of a representative of all the digitization that's happening, right? But when we talk in the context of IoT and industrial IoT, et cetera, it's, you know, it's been uh, sort of the thing where people say, oh, let's start with connecting things, right? But connecting things implicitly generates a lot of data. In mm-hmm. fact, as looking at some projections, um, you know, starting from, from 90s itself, and you look at the, the sort of the exponential curve of data growth, 90% of the data, if you will, has been generated from connecting things in the last two years, right? And wow. if you can track that exponential curve, you can see how these three mega trends, urbanization, industrialization, and digitization, if you will, are sort of going to drive all our technological thinking and investments and how customer problems will surface uh, and therefore the area where we as Schneider need to invest, right? So, See, so basically... Mac, I would, I would actually overlay... Uh, I, I agree with the, the, the trends. I think your, your observation is spot on. I would overlay another factor, which is the uh, availability of connectivity of all flavors and, 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 and types For sure. and yep. the ability to inexpensively connect uh, devices that might not have been connected before. So you don't have to, you know, it's a retrofit rather than a, a, maybe a brand new item, brand new industrial object. 
So yeah, I don't know yeah, if you're seeing yeah. that at Schneider, but I, I've seen that in, in No, no, in, I, I do agree. In fact, in fact, you know, IoT is, you know, as you said, in its inception stage is about taking, you know, new objects that are that, that you know make it make it easy for the new objects to be connected, but obviously retrofitting the existing systems, you know, whether it's through instrumenting them through sensors or just the Ethernet connectivity like we talked about, or a variety of these wireless capabilities that we have, right? But but it's also about the mobility, where you know you and I walk into every you know a building with a smartphone, right? Now that smartphone in itself is a sensor; it's a means by which I can receive communication, right? So it, the mobility of all assets is also a huge input into the data that's been generated, and a part of the ecosystem, right? And other mega trends sort of go to it, going with it that you mentioned are, so to speak, the cloud, right? I mean, we talk That's about right. cloud very easily, but, you know, in, in, in the background, cloud is about the infrastructure. Cloud is about the ubiquitous presence of processing power, et cetera, right? So, so cloud is another big, big mega trend. I mean, we can start listing things like that. And let's not forget analytics, right? Analytics is about really taking all this data and transforming it into something that's more actionable, something that is an insight that I can make business decisions based on and then affect change, right? So, so basically all these trends, you know, are enablers, if you will, um, for IoT. Yeah, I think you're right. I've seen the rise of analytics as a, a horizontal use case across uh, verticals, if you will. Um, the, you know, initially, I think the early days were, was let, let me retrofit or put out a, a new device that has some ability to connect, and let me just control it. It's binary. Is it on? Is yeah. it off? Has yeah. it moved? Has it not moved? Is there a, did, it, did the pipe burst or not? So you were getting you know, essentially alarm state type uh, signals, and it started that way, and then people started saying, well, wait a minute. I've got tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of these things, and I can do more with the with, uh, I could do more with the devices and, and try and detect why would they be breaking or why is the the part wearing out at a certain point. So I think sure. you're absolutely right. You know, analytics has actually become, I think, the reason for people to connect rather than sort of the byproduct. So I think there's been a shift. I don't know if you've seen that as well. Yeah, certainly. I mean, obviously, analytics is is where um, where uh, everybody intends to go to, and and you know let's be let's be honest. On analytics does require um, a technology component and a human component, right? Mm. And so the human component is about expertise, right? It's about being able to sort of bridge the gap between data and information and insight, right? And that requires like sort of two, if you will, uh, sub-requirements as well, right? One is, uh, you know, you want to have the data that represents how, so say, say for instance, let's take a simple example of a building, right? So, so Schneider, as I mentioned to you, operates in a variety of segments, and let's, let's take the example of our buildings business. Now, how a building is expected to perform under conditions of varying temperature, uh, ambient temperature, external climate, uh, number of people in the building, um, you know, variety of factors, right, drive the model, if you will, of a building. But to train and build the model, you need to have access to a variety of sort of uh, scenarios under which that building has operated, so historical data, as well as sort of the 
engine that the data science engine that can then capture that and build a representative model, if you will, that's to which we call the training of the model, if you will, that can then be exercised and executed, if you will, in runtime to predict, okay, under certain conditions, how is the building going to operate? Under certain conditions, what will the energy consumption look like? Um, uh, what about the assets within the building? How will they perform under certain conditions? Again, the model, depending on how accurate and representative the model is, you will be able to have better predictions, which in turn depends upon the data, the fidelity of the data, and the ability of the human expertise that is able to map the representative data into a model, right? So you sort of see that dependency chain, if you will, that that is essential to, to be mindful of, right? Now, when you look at a player like Schneider, right, we've been doing buildings for decades, right? So, so when you take the technical evolution, the megatrends that we, we just talked about, mm-hmm. coupled with an expertise that a player like Schneider, and certainly um, there, are, there are, you know, it's fair to assume there are players that have these kinds of expertise, is that that expertise allows us to build a very sort of dependable, reliable model that we can help our businesses, our, our customers, to, to, to then predict and be able to sort of invest in maintenance that, uh, that avoids the major issue, which is unplanned downtime. No, I think, I think it makes perfect sense. You know, there's a, a line that I heard, uh, I was just at the MTech conference that the uh, oh, yeah. uh, MIT Tech Review does at the Media Lab, and I'll have this up in my slide at the uh, couple of the Amazon uh, AWS Innovator events. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, there's the, this notion that new, the quote is, new business models emerge when yeah. people and machines work together. <laughs> That's a nice one, yeah. Yeah, I like that one. It's uh, one yeah. of the, uh, I think the uh, person that had MIT's C-Sale, uh, you know, one of the big groups there uh, came, out, came out with that one. Um, yeah, it's a good one, yeah. But I, but yeah, I, think, I think it's true. Simple. I mean, it's, yeah. it, this is the notion of you've got all the data, but you need to do something meaningful, and you've got, you have platforms that can present it up so that you can make a, a, a decision. Yeah, and, and platforms, you know, in the background are enablers, right? The way we... We talk about platform as the ecostructure uh, technology platform that uh, you know that you know I'm part of as a team mm-hmm. uh, is to really accelerate the digitization of our digital offers, right? So Schneider, as I mentioned, has you know offers across a variety of segments, right? You talked about buildings, we talked about data centers, we talked about industries, uh, we talked about infrastructure. In all these various segments, we have different offers solving different customer problems, right? And many of those offers would be digitized in different ways, right? A digital offer facing an oil and gas segment is different than a digital offer facing a building segment that I just talked about some examples from, right? right? So, so many of these um, sort of offers require a stack of digital capabilities, right? And those digital capabilities are not just about sort of a technology stack that builds, you know, uh, data ingestion and connecting sensors and, and analytics. Yes, of course, but it's about the full digital lifecycle management that needs to be enabled from connecting devices to gathering the data to supporting analytics to the lifecycle of managing the device's lifecycle, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, a device goes rogue, how do you manage the device 
and, and ensure from a cybersecurity point of view that you have full control over that device and are able to pull it out of the system before it can cause havoc, right? So, so all these capabilities are what the platform is. We implicitly talk about platform um, uh, you know, as, as the enabling talk technology behind all these offers, but, but really Schneider's offers, customer-basing offers are building on top of this platform that I talk about. Okay. So that, that actually kind of begs the next question, and maybe we yeah, can pick yeah. a, whatever vertical you think is easiest to kind of uh, use as a straw man to discuss this. So uh, I don't know if it's smart buildings, but let's say I'm, a, a, I'm putting up a new building and I've engaged yeah. – uh, I want to use your stuff, just to yep. put it at the simplest. Um, yep. What's an engagement look like from your standpoint? Uh, and is it delivered directly? Is it delivered through partners? Is it a combination? So, you know, I've, I've just built a, you know, Boston has, is undergoing a building boom. So I've yeah. just, uh, somehow I've built a new building and I want to figure out how to manage it properly and I've come to Schneider. What would you do with me? What would you, I don't, I don't, I don't want prices, obviously, but, you know, what would you sell me? Yeah. Um, so, so certainly, holistic is the is the holistic approach is the sort of one word answer or two word answer. I would give, uh, but it's it's a it's a it's a solution approach, um, whereby you know certainly we would speak with the customer about. So, so here's the thing, right? We always say this that customers are interested in IoT. Nobody really comes to Schneider and says, "Mac, we're interested in your IoT solution." That's not <laughs> the case. Right? Customers have problems. You can't buy it on the shelf at Best Buy. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, the tier one IoT, tier two IoT, premium IoT, blah blah blah. No, yeah. the 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 customers are not interested in. Uh, they are interested in technology, but they are not interested in buying IoT. They're looking for solutions to be uh, uh, addressing their challenges, right? And so. So, you know, when we go into a customer engagement, it's about talking with them uh, about the holistic view that we maintain, right? So, you know, in Schneider, we call it saying, you know, we have a combination of a platform and a community approach. The platform talks about, you know, the, the various architecture layers I mentioned to you, you know, whether it's edge or whether it's, uh, you know, the connectivity at the edge, uh, the, the cloud stack, the analyst stack. So that's the technology, right? But then we talk about the digital lifecycle. We try to understand what the life cycle of the asset or the opportunity here uh, is going to look like. What are the various components? You know, is there is there an OPEX-related challenge? Is there a CAPEX-related challenge, right? You understand, like, from a CAPEX point of view, you know, there are design and build stages that investments are going to need to be done. You know, you talked about retro, retrofitting uh, as an example, right? But the other time, the other side of uh, the life cycle is the OPEX cycle, right? I mean, if you think about it, a lot of the challenges are not about deployment and installation, you know, which we have a rich partner ecosystem that supports us with, but it's also once you have the asset installed and once you have the asset up and running, how do you operate and maintain it? Right? How do you have the visibility into its operations, both from a functional performance, cost management, but also cybersecurity, right? I talked about, I mean, this is, you know, IoT is going to be billions and billions of devices globally. How do you track and monitor at that scale devices so that if something, um, um, you know, uh, enters the system that's rogue, how do you track and isolate and, you know, 
get it out of the system without uh, uh, much damage. But then, this, but the second part of it is the community that I talked about. The community mm-hmm. is two things. One is Schneider's own strong service bureau that would be engaged and work with the customer to sort of say, here's what we need to solve. Let's see. So here's the expertise we are able to offer. Uh, here's how we can bring our products to bear. But what else do we need to work with in your system, in your ecosystem? They may have an existing system. They may have us needing to work with certain partners. A lot of times we'll go into a larger enterprise that has its local IT division or a local sort of you know integration group that we might have to work with, right? But what we bring to the customer is a domain and uh, segment expertise. Right? We understand buildings, right? We we've done buildings globally, you know. Um, if right. it's uh, if it's uh, mining and oil and gas, a water wastewater, food and bev plant, whatever have you, we've done these things globally, so we understand the expertise. And a lot of times, by the way, our customers bring us in not just for technology, right? They bring us in for that domain and segment expertise. But last but not least, the open partner ecosystem. So Schneider is very big in terms of leveraging sort of standards and open standards everywhere that's possible that allows us to sort of keep the ecosystem pretty open. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of the call, do we work with Schneider systems alone or do we work with other vendor systems? So certainly we, whether it's an industrial environment, um, you know, with the standard protocols for connecting the devices or just the IoT ecosystem where, you know, from the edge to cloud using standard protocols, we are everywhere that I've seen <laughs> trying to make uh, every attempt to uh, stay open as an open partner system, uh, partners, uh, I'm sorry, as an open system that allows our partners to integrate. So which means that if there is a local uh, need to integrate with other systems, that helps. Uh, and then also in the, in the context of scale, right? I mean, this is sort of a new concept in the IoT world, but not necessarily new in the industry, which is Excuse me, which, excuse me, which is that the scale is going to come from the second and the third order partners that are going to be able to take an open ecosystem and build solutions based on opportunities that they see, right? So mm-hmm. in the traditional world, we look at <clears throat> you know, system integrators and partners that will take our you know, physical assets like we sell a large transformer to a customer, we have the distribution channel and our partner ecosystem will take it to the customer and integrate it and build it and, and, and support it. But as we talked about IoT and analytics and the, and the, and the software stack that goes with the actual uh, delivery of the uh, various solutions, you have to have this extensible system that an extended partner ecosystem is, about to, is able to participate in that ecosystem, is able to add value and extract uh, uh, you know, rewards or returns from that system, uh, from that ecosystem, if you will, that, you know, benefits them, that benefits Schneider, but most importantly, it benefits the customer because they're able to get best-in-class things from everyone, Schneider, the partners, and the other expertise. So so it's it's like a multifold uh, set of foundational capabilities, not just technology. Now, Long yep, answer to, to say the fact that, hey, you know, when you go into a large ecosystem, if you talked about Boston, the city of Boston we work with, we'll go in there, we'll look at this holistically, share with them all the capabilities we can bring, how open we are to bring in other partners itself. 
but it's much beyond just technology, and it's much beyond build, design, and build. It's also about the entire life cycle. I don't know if I answered your question, but I think it's a perspective that I think helps you understand that IoT is is different in some ways. Well, I always say I, I think the very last you know set of words you 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 mentioned just now is really the one of the key points. IoT is not like any other category in technology, at least in my, you know, decades of doing this kind of work. <laughs> it, it's a specific uh, bit of expertise. You're looking at, you know, different data usage, different devices. It's not, I, sometimes I say the, that IT skills don't necessarily transfer to IoT skills, that, you know, the, hmm. the talent, I mean, you know, it's a good place to start, but uh, you know, I, I'll see IoT or M2M people, which is my old preferred term, uh, and they don't. You you can't have them, you know, working on IT projects in the same way, even though there's some common skill sets. I mean, you're looking at you know, uh, smaller smaller bits of data. You're looking at uh, different kinds of modules. I mean, I, could anybody learn it? Sure, if you've got a technical background, you, you certainly could. But yeah. I tend to see IoT. Uh, like solutions engineers, solutions architects, as different sorts of people than you'd see maybe in the cloud world, in the web development world. They're just yeah. they're it's just a different skill set, not a better skill set, not a worse, you know, but a different. But um, yeah. it also but sounds certainly like an important part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! It sounds like you work with implementation partners, you work with distributors. So who's you know I hate the the term you know single throat to choke, but who's mm throat is getting choked in a, in a deployment is are you the prime are you the sub are you either yeah so so um, to be completely transparent I'm not directly involved in 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 very many sort of on the ground projects but you know I think I think uh, I have seen in, in 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 a handful of the things that I've been involved in. You know, I think we've taken um, a, a front seat as well as a back seat. Uh, you know, a lot of times it's about what matters to the customer. Uh, you know, we'll go into large sort of utility deployments where you know the incumbent may need to be uh, supplemented with some of our technology and capabilities, or we'll, we'll lead the engagement uh, in several RFPs and bring in partners that have some niche expertise, whether it's you know certain uh, you know analytics or certain uh, you know core sort of uh, low-cost hardware. Or you know, in certain geographies, like if you go to China, I mean, obviously, as I mentioned, it's a global, uh, uh, you know, you know, sort of plane that we operate in, if you will. You go to China, and there are certain cybersecurity requirements in China. There are certain um, requirements around data privacy and data isolation. Uh, um, you know, staying keeping the data. Yeah, uh, looking, looking for the word localization. So, yeah. so there are so all of these things. Then also from a cryptography and uh, encryption point of view, there are certain requirements about local vendors generating the cryptographic uh, um, algorithms, etc. So there are certain nuances where you will need to uh, cater to the local market needs. And certainly, I mean, we, we are willing to bring in the right partners uh, or we need to bring in the right partners to benefit the customer, right? So we'll, we'll, we'll do both. And I, I don't think there's a hard and fast rule as much as uh, you know, operating in the constraints of time, cost, and uh, and technology uh, requirements, right? Uh, because because the stack is very very uh, complex. I mean, 
you're talking about um, in a in an industrial environment, you know, fairly complex set of uh, expertise that's required. It's you know you know you've got the traditional sensors, you know, this Bluetooth or Zigbee or you know Wi-Fi kinds of things, but then you have the new sort of low-power WAN capabilities that are LoRa, Sigfox, NBIT, all these kinds of things that are bringing in data. But once you have the data, you know, what kinds of things can be done at the edge? Maybe you have a partner that has certain expertise around, you know, how you can deploy these AI models and machine learning models at the edge. And we certainly use our partner ecosystem to, to leverage that. Uh, you know, we have a very uh, good uh, sort of example of a oil and gas scenario where, uh, you know, these sort of rod pumps that are in the field which are, you know, uh, you know, digging from a mile deep, if you will, the oil that are sort of spread out in very remote locations. And and if you think, <laughs> the, fun, the funny part is the first time I looked at the value proposition of that, that, uh, that uh, engagement, you know, I was thinking money, blah, blah, blah. And the, the, the value, highest value proposition was safety. Because when somebody has to drive in such a remote area and in a desert and stuff like that, the employee's safety is, is you know, as, as when you read it, you're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, employee safety is the number one concern. So, yes, there is a cost in rolling the truck and all those things. But when you have remote maintenance capabilities that at the edge itself can be deployed and can monitor how the rod pump is doing, you now know uh, which pumps need to be serviced, when they need to be serviced, what part of that part is required, et cetera, and you only roll the truck when it's necessary, right? Uh, and, you know, in doing so, you're implicitly enhancing the safety of your employees, right? Yeah, I've, but, not, so, I, I've not had the truck roll scenario uh, illustrated like that, but I, I tend to agree with you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I just thought of it from a cost uh, savings measure or cost savings uh, standpoint, yeah. but... What you're saying is in, some, in, in the oil and gas market, we could think of obvious examples where it might be, you know, less than optimal to, to send someone out to, a, to a, an oil field in a remote area that might be dangerous. So yeah, I yeah, yeah. And, and in sense. those cases, we will bring in the right partner with the right edge analytics capabilities, if you will, and partnering with our own SCADA and uh, hardware components to have a, have a, have a solution that, that serves that purpose. But then you move into... Uh, sort of the cloud side of things and the machine learning and analytics and and visualization kinds of capabilities, there again is another set of ecosystem opportunity where, you know, we may be presenting up data, serving up data to a partner that that uh, the customer is wanting us to work with. It's obviously customer data who owns it, but then in through our ecosystem enabling a uh, a, a a collaboration, if you will, of of partners and human expertise and technology to really solve the problem. So it's really fun when you look at it this way. It's like amazing, right? A great experience. Mm. No, I always thought that uh, once I really fully understood that I was in the MTM IoT world, that you know we're really solving important problems. You know, we're just not selling you know, cell, phone, cell phones to kids who want to get on Facebook or Instagram, <laughs> which is a lovely thing as well. But, you yeah, know, we're actually solving real, real problems, and yeah, um, it's, yeah. it's gratifying. Um, yeah. and, and obviously we're being brought together by our friends at, uh, uh, at AWS IoT. Yeah. Yeah. I, I believe you guys partner with them as well, do you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
absolutely. Yeah, certainly. Will. I mean, we we have a rich partner ecosystem. Um, you know, in, you know, AWS, Microsoft, IBM. Uh, you know, all the all the vendors that have um, you know solid sort of. Um, technologies that we can leverage depending upon how our customer needs uh, uh, call for. Uh, we certainly are, uh, are very active partners. No, I think, it, I think it makes perfect sense. And as I've said in, in other settings, having attended the uh, – I'm, I'm not here to do a commercial about uh, Amazon, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I attended um, a numerous conferences last year and in the last several years on, on IoT, yeah. both – uh, specific vendor conferences, as well as you know the generic uh, conferences on IoT, and the one that I came away with particularly impressed with was their reInvent conference, and mm, yes, I, I really, I mean, I really felt like they got it. They really, and I'm, again, I'm not saying this to pump up one versus another, but of the conferences I attended last year, that one impressed me not only just by the, I mean, the it was. And the number of people and the number of people that were that excited uh, was amazing to me. And I contrast that to some of the other vendor conferences where it, it you know, it's clear that, that people felt obliged to attend for work. People really wanted to come to this one. So, uh, and I think they've done a very good job of, of getting developers and putting the tools in people's hands. And, you know, uh, I think, you know, the, the enterprise and the industrial market is now starting to really embrace them quite a bit. I, I'm sure yeah. you're seeing that. Yeah, we are. We are, certainly. And, and you know, customer, customers see that. Like, to be a market leader, right, I mean, we need to address, we talked about earlier about what does the customer expect. The customer does not expect IoT. What they expect is to address their challenge, right, with speed and relevant technologies, right? So, therefore, you know, having partners that are sort of uh, providing us with uh, customer-centric expertise, if you will, and uh, you know, relevant technologies is what we want. And, and, and Amazon certainly uh, brings, uh, you know, that with a very strong stack, uh, you know, at the edge with Greengrass as well as their cloud capabilities, right? And in, in the industrial environment, right, I mean, you t we talked about analytics and we talked about, uh, you know, data ingestion and data storage and, you know, data access at, at scale for, for billions and billions of devices. But the human expertise is an element that, you know, sometimes is not talked about enough, right? Because that's a finite, limited expertise that's available in the market, right? We talked about data scientists being limited, but when you talk about services, right? You talk, I think you mentioned this earlier on, is about enabling new business models, enabling new services sort of as 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 the outcome of uh, IoT enabled solutions, right? But somebody has to deliver this service, right? You know, if I am a technician that has to go in um, and, you know, service an asset, right? I'm going to arrive there, but guess what? 50% of the service technician, I'm sorry, the service technicians spend 50% of their time looking for the stuff that they need, yeah. right? So whether it's downloading a PDF and looking for them through the manual for XYZ types of things that then, then they can use to, to, to fix the asset. Now, in many cases, the assets we're talking about are like, you know, power related or, you know, in a, you know, in a, in a hazard zone or whatever, I don't know, that requires some safety procedures to have to go through. And then you, oh, you do that, you shut down the equipment, you go through uh, all this additional downtime 
to then find out that certain part is missing, right? Or a certain part needs to be replaced, which you don't have on your truck. So now you're going to go back again in addition to the truck rules and all of that stuff. So, you know, augmented reality is an area where, you know, we're investing in obviously supporting through our offers. Uh, in fact, Schneider has this um, augmented operator offer that allows us to, through mobile handheld devices, just look at a device uh, that the call is on and, you know, it pops up, hey, what's wrong with the device because we've been monitoring the device. Then it downloads the manual automatically and shows you what needs to be fixed without actually opening the cabinet and turning it off. You know exactly what needs to be done and potentially dive in and look at the stuff. And then uh, the next step from that is a VR version of it or an uh, extended AR that al uh, or a mixed reality version that allows us to connect um, back to the uh, you know limited set of sort of high level experts that can then help you diagnose it and say xyz needs to be changed or you know xyz action needs to be done so you know human you know leveraging technology but always being mindful of that limited human expertise and how do you you know maximize the uh, the the value that your service is able to provide by using technologies is something that uh, you know we're starting to certainly see realized through IoT uh, capabilities, right? So I, I think it makes perfect sense, and that, that may be a good point to begin wrapping up, just so, oh, that, sure. uh, yeah. so that we um, ha have our audience still listening. Um, <laughs> I, it's one thing I've learned when you do. You know, I've done you know a bunch of podcasts. At a certain point, you want to make sure that the audience is still awake and hasn't. Uh, uh, taking their car off the road if they listen while driving. But um, so <laughs> I, 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 maybe we'll close with one sort of final, you know, uh, question or, or observation that you want to share uh, around, uh, you know, the industrial IoT uh, world. What do you think the top use cases? Overall, not necessarily for Schneider, although you can you know, make it specific, but what do you think the top growth area will be for industrial IoT in the coming years? Yeah, so um, I, I think it goes back to the basics, right, which is, you know, industrial IoT is a means to solve certain business challenges, and, and businesses are faced with doing more with less, right? And they want to essentially uh, maximize the utilization, maximize the efficiencies of their assets, uh, which fundamentally goes down to reducing unplanned downtime, right? So they want to make sure that their environments are, their assets are uh, productive, that environments are safe, right? So, so, so that's part one. But part two is monitor the assets, ensure mm -hmm. that the asset health uh, is, is ensured through sort of agile maintenance services, but all in all reduce unplanned downtime. And that has a high ROI, that has an immediate realization of value, that then allows more layered sort of uh, you know, value-added services to be, to be brought in. I love it. Back to basics. Um, it, it's probably the smartest thing I've, I've heard in the IoT uh, world in a long time. I mean, there, there's so <laughs> many uh, folks that are prognosticating and coming up with far-fledged applications, but at the end of the day, I think you're exactly right. It's back to basics. Make sure the stuff works that you're that you're that you're tracking, and that you, you know again doing more with less is a is a huge deal. And and as you were talking about earlier, making sure you, whatever it is you're doing, you're doing it uh, with security in mind. So yeah. um, which makes perfect sense. So I think with that, uh, Mac, I want to thank you very much for your time. I know we're uh, going to be on a panel. 
next week in New York at the uh, AWS Innovators event, and then there's, uh, this will be the first of several. There's another one in July uh, in San Francisco, but I do appreciate this, and um, folks can contact me if they want to get a hold of Mac, and uh, that'll be up on the page, I believe, on how to get a hold of me. So, I, I, again, I thank you, and I thank the listeners for, no. for paying attention and listening. Thank you, Mac. Thank you very much, Mark, and really appreciate the opportunity, and enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, thank same you. here. Thank you. Bye-bye.